All right, are we recording? I think we are on. The red oh, light is on. The red light is on. So uh, once again, this is podcast number two. Uh, we are coming from you deep in a bunker under Costa Rica. Yes. The jungles. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> so if you hear bombing, then you'll know. <laughs> oh, we're going to be bombing all right. Yeah. <laughs> like that joke. <laughs> That's All the right. first bomb of the show. <laughs> so uh, I, hopefully we learned a little bit from the first podcast, so we're kind of moving forward here. And uh, yep. uh, and so is that better? Yep. Ah, I think we're better now. Yep. Okay. And so today's uh, today's podcast, and again, we're just kind of shooting all over the place. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully we uh, we uh, you know we'll kind of dial it in in the future. But this podcast, our plan is to come up with a maybe top ten list of movies. And why I say maybe is uh, Doug picked five, I picked five. And we don't know what each other's five are. That's correct. So I have no idea what he picked. Yeah. And he has no idea what I picked. And but this is the top. We each chose five from the 70s. The 70s. So that so, was the parameter, yeah. Yeah. Had to be from the 70s. So, again, when we're coming up with ideas for the, these uh, podcasts, we just kind of throw stuff out and see what kind of yeah, strike. Yeah. So, again, uh, at first I was like, yeah, we'll do uh, five movies from the 70s. And I just want to make sure. I'm not too sure everybody's aware of this, but... There was a shitload of movies in the 70s. There was. There was yep. a lot. Yeah. And so uh, so uh, it was hard to uh, kind of whittle it down kind of to five. It. So let me ask you this. How did you, How did you first, before we do our, our numbers, how did you, what did you use for criteria? Oh, I was going to ask you the same, okay. same question. Okay. okay. So because, again, you know, for all of you out there that are probably wondering how to do this, because uh, just go ahead and get ready to take notes because here it comes. Oh yeah, yeah. All right. So I, I googled, I googled uh, uh, top movies of the seventies, and and of course you know you get uh, you know and there's tons of them. They're all kind, of, they kind of vary, but you know like number one is always like The Godfather. You know, Apocalypse Now is always mm-hmm. on there, and, and so forth. And no denying, those are good movies. Mm-hmm. Right, they're great movies. But but uh, but that's not what I did. It wasn't really you know I really wasn't thinking about cinematography or like even though I I did think that for the movies I picked like direction was interesting in the right. soundtrack. But what I uh, want, okay, mm-hmm. if if my wife and I are sitting around like on a you know rainy Sunday morning, and she says I feel like watching a movie, this would be a movie that I would pull out and okay. watch. Okay, so one of the go tos. One of the go tos, and uh, and 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 you know send all the hate mail you want, but it, it's that's never going to be The Godfather. It's right. just not great okay. movie. Mm-hmm. Godfather, Godfather yeah. two, both movies from the seventies. That's my number one, man. Why would you go and do that? <laughs> we well, can get to that kidding. in a minute. That's not my number yeah, one. Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> it's mine. Okay. No, but the other thing is uh, movies, and this this was an important point because there were movies that I like a lot now, but but they didn't make it on the top five for this reason. Is I watched them in the seventies, and at that time they had a significant impact on me as a as a kid. Right. Like I watched them, and I was like. Either they scared me or made me laugh, right? Or you know, I just was just blown away by them at the time I watched them, and uh, and and again, I, I I felt personally that that they do kind of have to they have to kind of stand the test of time. Okay, so personal personal influence uh-huh. essentially to yes, you. Yes, yes, that's kind of like your biggest your biggest factor. Big time. Uh, you know, again, it because again, there's and, and there's great movie. Uh, and I'm going to go ahead and give something away here, okay? Oh, okay. Man. Jaws is not on my list, even okay. though I think it's a great movie of the 70s. Mm-hmm. If you picked it as my number one, I apologize. Mm-hmm. But but it's not on my list, and I do think it's an amazing movie. Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is, is I didn't watch Jaws until the 80s. Oh, okay. So uh, it was a movie that I didn't get a chance to watch. Okay. So, yeah. Fair enough. Okay. Yeah, what did you do? Yeah, I was similar. Um, 
But for for people who don't know, I have a degree in filmmaking, and so I can't ever escape the technical stuff. Like when I'm watching movies or watching TV, um, I have a great admiration for for high levels of technical stuff. And that includes storytelling. That includes... um, that includes like direction. That includes um, lighting, things like that. That so that includes all of that. So uh, it's this weird amalgamation for me in in terms of technical stuff as well as impact, like you're saying, things right. that that had a big impact on me. So that's that was kind of my criteria. Okay. All right. So, so number five, go. What's your number I mean, five? Okay, number five. Oh, first, uh, oh yeah, we got we predicted each other's number one. Right, and, and and we just had a little bit of a mini debate about should we do it now or should we do it right, right before number one? I kind of want to do it now only because I, I if I'm if I hit a movie that's on your top five, uh, I I'm gonna be like cool. But if I, and I kind but I don't want to hit it after you've already given. Okay, it to yeah, me, that's okay? fine. So, yeah, yeah. All right, so uh, I think you're number one, and and we're not gonna don't acknowledge if I'm okay. right or wrong. Oh okay? shit, that's gonna be hard. Yeah, I know it is. Just <sighs> just get ready. I, I think your number one is Dirty Harry. Okay. What do you think my number one is? I'm trying to poker face it right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking that your number one was Smoking the Bandit. Okay. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. All right. All right. So now, from there, what's your number five? Number five. And again, to be clear, we're gonna we're also going to do honorable mentions. Oh, yeah. Tons uh, of honorable mentions. Yeah. Tons yeah. of honorable mentions before we give our number one. Yeah. And with that said, uh, most of my honorable mentions could probably go into number five. Yeah. Except same for here. Jaws for same whatever here. reason. But yeah. I, number, number, uh, number uh, five for me, Young Frankenstein. Oh, so close. Yeah. So close. That's, yeah. An, that's, yeah. I got Monty Python and the Holy Girl. Oh, yeah. That's my number five. Yeah. I was actually going to pick that as your number one. Yeah. Okay. Oh, were you? Yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah. 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 So, it's, but, it's a pretty good movie. Yeah. They're, well, they're both, and again, I, this is interesting because Doug and I do have tendencies to kind of disagree on things. Yeah. We do, not all the time. We, we see eye to eye on a lot of stuff, but, but I have a feeling we're probably going to have a lot of things that come together. Yeah. And, uh, that's obviously in my honorable mentions. Yes. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, Young, Young Frankenstein, 1974, and I did make notes. Love, uh, love, love that movie. It is a great movie. Yeah. And, and one of the reasons, uh, I think, again, the impact it had on me was, uh, it was the first time I ever saw a comedy that wasn't uh, like juvenile comedy, comedy that you would see like on. A little more know, sophisticated. Yeah. yeah. It's a, you know, but still like very, you know, broad and funny, yeah. you know. Well, they did a great job of mixing that sophisticated adult kind yes. of kind of humor with yes. some of that slapstick stuff. Right, smart, stupid. Yeah, exactly. Right. And, and, and it's funny because it, written by, written, and there's all kinds of stories about it. I know that there's a lot of times that, there's a lot of uh, situations where, well, it was written by Gene Wilder and mm. and uh, 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 Mel Brooks who who got directing credit. But I get the idea that, that, uh, that Gene Wilder, you know, definitely had a lot of influence on the yeah. way things played out. But, but, uh, it's funny because I was, again, I was, I am, I am, uh, DB for this. And, uh, Mel Brooks, <laughs> again, you get this, you know, this, this whole sense of humor. He's listed as, as a star. He's, he has an acting credit mm-hmm. as a cat hit by dart. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's awesome. I've never seen. You know, yeah, so yeah, uh, that's that's one of the that's one of the movies that <clears throat> when I'm flying internationally, or whatever, I get a long haul flight mm-hmm. and I'm scrolling through the movies. If that's on there, I'll almost always watch it. Right, almost. And they never right. have Monty Python on there, but no. sometimes they do have that. So yeah, and, and, it. and it's definitely a go, go uh, a, a go back to right. Yeah, like no I, doubt. like I'll go back to that one and uh, and multiple favorite scenes in that movie. But mm-hmm. uh, it's but, uh, Frankenstein. I, Frankenstein, yeah, Frankenstein, Frankenstein, or whatever. Yeah, Frankenstein, Frankenstein, yeah, Frankenstein or whatever. Yeah. And, and, uh, 
I loved when they sing "Putting on the Ritz." I thought that was amazing. Oh, see, that and, was my worst. That was the worst part of the movie for me. Really? Yeah, yes. Yeah. Here you go. But I like I like lots of other stuff. I just but. like the fact that they're just kind of like screw it, you know, and they went yeah. with it. But probably my all time favorite scene in there is when uh, uh, Gene Wilder goes, uh, uh, "I'm going to go in there, no matter you know, go in there." You know, uh, you know, try to communicate with the monster. <laughs> Whatever you do, don't do not open this door. Do not open the door. <laughs> and he walks in the door, and the monster's like, and <laughs> open he's the like, door. Uh, he goes, open this door. I'll kick your rotten heads in. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, okay, I well, like the, I like this the scene when they're spinning on the on the wall. You know, yeah. uh, they move the candle. Oh, uh, the, the candle, candle back. <laughs> <I know. laughs> Uh, I love it. He, I put an abnormal brain in it. Yes, monster. I said Abby normal. <laughs> uh, yeah, anyway, so, so that's, that's a ton of ton of one liners in that. Oh, beautiful. And I, and I picked Money Python for similar reasons. I mean, yeah. um, I mean, quotable. I, like every single scene in that movie has quotable stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, every single scene, you know, about the witch and mm-hmm. uh, the coconuts and the, you know the African swallow and, right. and on and on and on. Yeah, that that's one. That's probably one of the most quotable. Movies of all time next sure. to Dumb and Dumber, in, yeah. in my world anyway. Well, the thing about uh, about uh, Monty Python and the Holy Grail is, uh, is uh, nowadays I almost think it's kind of expected for you know people to kind of move towards film, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. And back then, you know, you, you know now it's almost and I, and I'm not comparing it to the Beatles, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But uh, only because I'm not a fan of the, I'm not a huge fan of the Beatles. Sorry. Right. Yeah. But with that said, uh, uh, you know they were kind of they, they were just doing kind of this. This you know television is variety not variety but like a comedy yeah, show that was kind of stuff, skit yeah, yeah skit skit television and uh, and then they make this movie and you're just kind of like you know I mean kind of unexpected yeah but God what a, it's such a funny movie yeah. and the thing I liked about it is that and they did this they did this with um, well it's very similar to what Gene Wilder and, and Mel Brooks did they took this topic that in my life mm-hmm. uh, up until that point. I always took really seriously, you know, right. ooh, this is the Holy Grail, and this is like folklore, you know what yeah, I mean, like yeah. serious English King, stuff, and they totally stuff. make fun of it, these, yeah. you know, pretending to ride a horse and cracking coconuts together, <laughs> well, <laughs> it was freaking hilarious and, in my and, mind, anyway. And a lot of that stuff, I think, even like the end scene where they, uh, you know, they, they, they arrested by the police, mm-hmm. you know, all that was, even, even though it was hilarious, the coconuts, mm-hmm. uh, budget constraints. Yeah. They, they couldn't get horses. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, so. absolutely, so... My number four is probably going to shock you. I don't think you're ready for this one. Go for it. Grease. Really? Yes. Now, I will tell you, I think I'll, we're probably going to have a couple of movies that are, that are you're going to be like, oh, yeah, way off the mark, yeah. Yeah. But, okay, go for it. Why? Okay, so Grease, the, uh, personal impact uh, was the major factor here, okay. right? Um, I don't like musicals. Right. Um, I liked John Travolta a lot during mm-hmm. that era, and I liked um, Olivia Newton-John. Obviously, it'll be crushing her. Who did? But, um, yeah. But to me, that was the first... And I'm, when I was a kid, my mom dragged me to musicals. You know, gosh, she liked them all, Annie Hall, and all that stuff. You know, right. and um, to Fiddler on the Roof was a, it's a it's a running joke in my family. Annie Fiddler Hall wasn't there. a musical though. What was the one I'm thinking of? Not Annie, Annie. Hall. Annie, um, maybe Annie. No. Anyway, regardless, sorry. Okay, sorry. Uh, just... Yeah, there's no. You're right. You're 100. Uh, Oklahoma is that? Oklahoma is definitely okay. a musical. Yeah, that's yeah. what I'm thinking probably. Uh, anyway. So, uh, you know, we go to see this, and um, I was a big fan of Happy Days at the time, you know, yeah. and the Fonz and all that, and it's just it just swept me away. It was mm-hmm. just one of these movies where, you know, that suspension of disbelief was complete. I was I was in the movie the whole time, and I liked the balance between the, you know, the good guys and the bad guys, right. that really stereotypical white car for the good guys, black car for the bad guys, right. the leather jackets, you know, all of that. And it was, you know, you look back at it now, it's pretty cheesy, but yeah, um, no, at the time, yeah, I was I was all in. I will tell you nothing about Greece is uh, 
definitely a movie that would never get made today. Yeah, no. Yeah, most I'm, of these probably. Probably so. Well, definitely. I tell you what, my number three is one that would never get made today for sure. But well, you got to tell me number four. What's number? Four? I'm going to go there. Yeah, but uh, but uh, uh, but the thing about Greece is, you know, he she can't. I love it. And again, I'm 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 yeah, I'm a little bit surprised, but mm-hmm. I'm I'm also a fan. I would okay. not. I would. I, I can if that was on yeah. and Melanie was watching it. Yeah, sorry. we watch it. Yeah, yeah if my Mel- wife was watching that. Yeah. I would roll Mel- right in. Yeah. yeah, but. Uh, uh, but you know, you know, she she's trying to to uh, to uh, you know win his affection, and so what does she do? Yeah. She 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 whores it up. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, it's like well, and she because she's watching Rizzo and she gets the abortion and all that stuff. I know. You know? And it's I like know. wow, it's, that was yeah. that was uh, dramatic for the day. I know. know. But but again, Olivia Newton-John. Wow. Yeah, so. gorgeous. Yeah, I always I always had a big crush on her. But, big okay, time. Number okay, four. Num- number my four. number four. Yeah. Okay, uh, is the Omega Man from 1971. Uh, okay. Yeah, I yeah, know. Okay. I dig it. And, and again, this one definitely because of of the way it it. Uh, it, it affected me when we watched it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, you got Charleston Heston. Mm-hmm. You got, mm-hmm. you know, you got Rosalind Cash played the, the love interest. Well, you know, Charlton Heston was a god in the 70s. He I was. Mean, yeah, I mean, it was well, god, everything it, that guy touched. Yeah, and when, when we get to honorable mentions, you know, there was kind of this, like, uh, mm-hmm. science fiction trifecta. Yeah. And, 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 and uh, definitely, was, and again, Planet of the Apes could have gone on this list, too. Yeah, it did, easily. but because I had to pick one. No, yes. I wanted to pick one, right? Exactly. So, uh, so, uh, but there's like, I guess it's like, what is it? The, the guy that plays Matthias, you know, he was a, a great character a- mm-hmm. actor. Uh, his name was Anthony Zerby or Zerb. I don't know how you pronounced it. Other stuff, right? Okay. But, uh, but the one thing that like, uh, that, well, for one, uh, it was the first time I'd ever been exposed to anything that was kind of post apocalyptic. It's, you know, it's based on the mm-hmm. I Am Legend book by, by, uh, 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 what's this guy's name? Freaking, uh, Richard Matheson. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, and of course they, they did the they did the Will Smith remake, which is kind of okay, I guess. Uh, but uh, but yeah, yeah, it just it was just it scared me as a, and and it's still to this day the music the soundtrack is one of the uh, the most amazing soundtracks. Uh, again, I looked it up. It was written by a guy named Max Steiner, and and when I looked at his his IMDb page, uh, he had like I want to say like four hundred eight or three hundred eight film credits credits. Wow. All the all the way back to 1928. Wow! But uh, yeah, I know it's say That's crazy. It's crazy, and so uh, and the orchestra, the orchestra that played it, is uh, the same orchestra that does the title music for the new Doctor Who. Same oh, guy, okay. kind of okay. cool. Yeah. yeah, but but God, the music was creepy, creepy, creepy. And uh, and I remember there were the scenes in there that it was probably the first time I'd ever watched a movie. There's a scene in there uh, that that uh, not in a gory way but it like turned my stomach as a kid uh-huh. and i remember that and i was like uh and so again i uh, same thing i if, if uh if it's a you know saturday morning and yeah i you know i own it you know so i, I could go back and watch you it. watch it anytime yeah anytime it's interesting because i never saw that movie in the 70s when i was a kid i only yeah. saw it later as an adult and i don't i don't have that you know a lot of times in movies like that come out right they're, they're so cutting edge for uh-huh. the time that they shock you in some right. way you know and and, and that I didn't see that. I didn't get to experience that, but I, it was a cool ass movie. It I is. liked it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and just a real quick description on the, the stomach turning scene. I wasn't going to talk about it, but it is, it's worth mentioning. <laughs> I don't want to, you know, spoiler alert. It came out in 71. Anyway, yeah, right. <laughs> what that said is that the, 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 the whole thing is a very similar. If you've seen the Will Smith, it's kind of similar in that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but with this, instead of turning into like these vampires, these, uh, the, the individuals turning into like these pseudo albino zombies, right. You know, mm-hmm. and they've got like white eyes. And uh, there was a scene at the end where he was waiting for his, uh, his, uh, for the female character, her name was Lisa in the movie, to come home. And uh, and people sometimes they would turn immediately, sometimes they would it would take mm. a lot longer. 
and she was walking down the street and the 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 matthias in this movie would would do this kind of creepy like you know he would call people's Mm -hmm. names so he was calling out for lisa and the sun was setting and that's when things got dangerous Mm -hmm. and uh, and then uh as he's calling her name, she stops. She's carrying like some bags with food in it, and she drops the bag, and she's wearing sunglasses. And she pulls the sunglasses off, and her eyes were white. Mm-hmm. And I just, I just remember being like, as, a, as like a eight year old, I remember being like, "That's the most fucked up thing I've ever yeah. seen in my life." I mean, that's not, that's not freaking Herbie the Love Bug anymore. Okay, right. exactly. This, this, Which is what we were watching. At yes, the time. exactly. Yeah. So anyway. I right. I had that I had that reaction. It's nowhere on my list, but I had that reaction to Helter Skelter. Oh, I bet. I wanted to watch Helter Skelter. My mom wouldn't let me, made me go to bed or whatever. And I literally snuck out of my room and like peeking my head around the corner. And it, this was by today's standards, just nothing. Right. But there was a scene where the cops were investigating this car with where a murder had taken mm-hmm. place and, and the car was all bloody and stuff. I, I was maybe like nine years old or something. And I'd like, that freaked me out, man. It was like the first time I had seen, I was watching cartoons before that, you know, it's the first time I'd seen anything like that. So it was, oh, yeah. it was shocking. But yeah. Uh, I, oh, I remember when Helter Skelter sculpted because that was made for TV, wasn't it? <clears throat> yeah. Yeah. So, so anyway, all right. So, what's your number three? Number three. Uh, okay, ready for this one? Yep, I'm ready. High Plains Drifter. Oh, it's great. As a great movie, 1973, uh, yeah. Clint Eastwood. Yep. Bunch of stars that nobody's ever heard of. Couple yep. guys, a lot of character actors. Yep. Uh, but uh, but uh, directed by Clint Eastwood. Mm-hmm. So that was his first western that he directed. If was I'm it not really? mistaken? I think so. Uh, yeah. probably, probably. Because he became famous through the late '60s with the spaghetti western. Yeah. You know, and then so he said, "Oh, let me take a crack at it," and he got that that character with you know never you never knew his name, right? And all that stuff. So. Right. Well, and, and uh, I mean, he he kind of pseudo directed or pseudo. That's not fair. Uh, he he shared directing duties with Outlaw Josie Wales. Mm. Uh, again, had to pick a western. Yeah. Had to pick Clint Eastwood western. Mm-hmm. Uh, all Josie Wells could definitely be on this oh, list too. Definitely, it's in the it's in the honorable mentions. Yeah, uh, but uh, for one, I mean that movie to me. Uh, by the way, music also amazing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I looked that up. Somebody named D. Barton did the soundtrack for that, and mm-hmm. but, again, not a whole lot else going on. Did a lot of Cleanswood stuff, right? But uh, but that's about it. But uh, I liked it uh, again. Uh, you know, said seen westerns. I'd never seen a western like this. But it, to me, it's just a like descent into madness like wrapped in a western mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. uh and it's got a lot of like like uh even very vague horror elements and it kind of shows but doesn't tell you know what i mean mm-hmm. so so it, so everything that i kind of like about that and also the hero again spoiler alert and also probably for what it's worth trigger warning like in the <laughs> first like 10 minutes like he rapes a woman, right? He right. rapes, you know, the hero rapes this woman. So another movie that'll never get made today. Right. right. And uh, and it's just kind of like, but it's character development for him, is. right? It kind of shows yeah. you how, well, what he's all about. And I was even going to say, you know, because you know, last last podcast we talked a little bit about the hero's journey. No hero's journey. Yeah. No. 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 He, you know, uh, and again, I don't want to get into it too much because I would like if you haven't seen it, you need to see it. Mm-hmm. Uh, because it's just an amazing movie. Oh, that's a great film. It yeah. is. But another movie but again. The, the, but that's that. that that's part of the 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 canon of right. those westerns that he made, um, and in my mind, Sergio Leone was yeah. he was the master. He sure. nothing beats the um, all those Sergio right. movies that he made. Um, How the West was won, and of course, the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Yeah. And it's funny. It's this interesting uh, when you first said, "Okay, movies of the seventies, let's go." And I, immediately, we weren't even off the phone yet, and I knew that my number one was the Good, the Bad, and the Ugly. Because I saw it in the 70s, but it was actually made in 66 or 67, gotcha. something like that. That makes sense. So it's not on my list, but if it, you know, it would be. That would be my number one, yeah. absolutely. To me, that's, yeah. 
that's the pinnacle of movie making yeah, in, my, and, in my mind. And, and with that said, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, uh, and, and just real quick for anybody that hasn't seen it, it's basically about a town that hires, uh, well, first they hire some gunslingers to protect the town from individuals that are getting out of jail to, uh, and they know these individuals are going to get out of jail and exact revenge on mm-hmm. this town for something. And then Clint Eastwood comes into town and, and, uh, the gunslingers, uh, draw down on, on, uh, Clint Eastwood and he kills them. Mm-hmm. And so the town just pivots and hires Clint Eastwood to defend the town. Right. So that's just the setup. Uh, and, and then, uh, madness ensues. Yes. But all of those, man, hang them high. It's another yeah, great, you uh, know, uh, right, so. a fistful of dollars, yeah, a fistful a few of dollars, a few dollars more. Yep, yeah, exactly. all those are yeah, great. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, my number three. Yes. Uh, I already mentioned it, but, uh, Jaws. Jaws. Great. Oh, man. Truly that got an amazing me. Movie. That got me. That, um, I forgot what they call that. And I think it's called the Hitchcock move, the camera zoom and mm-hmm. pull back at the same time. That whole thing right. when they, you when, know, when Brody's on the Brody, beach. Yeah. And he rips his glasses off. And I'll, yeah, that, I mean, I'm getting goosebumps right now thinking it was awesome, awesome. Yeah. And then, of course, I, I grew up in Florida and we swam like I swam a lot, either at the beach or in the pool. And uh, there's literally years after seeing that movie that I heard the music in my head when I went underwater. Every time I went underwater and the and the sound all you know dissipated, I, I heard the, I heard the Jaws music. So um, I did like the movie fr- from some of the technical stuff. Um, obviously, the shark scenes looked way more real than anything that I had ever seen at that time. Um, and I wonder if it's genetic because when my kid was about six years old, he wanted to see it. We were, this is when you still rent the DVDs, you know, mm-hmm. and we were, uh, we were looking through all these racks of DVDs. And of course he saw the shark and he's a shark. He's eight years old. Of course he likes sharks. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, gosh, shit, man, I don't know if I should show him this, you know, cause I know how impactful it is for the first time if you haven't experienced it. So I decided, okay, let's watch it. And now on the way home, I was telling him like, okay, this is a big mechanical shark. He's rubber, you know, and he's not a real shark and all that. So when you watch it, now, like, don't freak out. And mm-hmm. he was fine. I mean, I, him and I talked about it just a couple of weeks ago. Really? Uh, yeah, about the impact. And he said, yeah. yeah, I remember you telling me that. So. And like I said, yeah, for me, and, and this movie could have easily been on my list, could have been number one. Mm. Uh, only The only reason, and again, it was just one of those things where I was, I, you know, also I kind of wanted to highlight, honestly, some, some other stuff too. Yeah, some more know. obscure stuff. Yeah, yeah, but uh but with that said, uh uh acting's insane. Yes. It's in, it's in, yep. it's amazing. It's almost like two movies in one. Yeah. Because you kind of have the whole stuff where they're on the island mm-hmm. and then they're on the boat. Yes. And the whole boat stuff. That's epic, man. Epic. Yeah, uh, epic. epic. Uh, yeah. Of course my the, the the best line ever is we're going to need a bigger boat. Yeah, yeah. It, because it, it and uh uh like Early on, and, and Richard Dreyfuss, oh, I would say probably his yeah. best movie. Absolutely, there's yep, clearly by far, yep. there's clearly tension between him and Shaw. Yep, you know, and that yep. that comes through. And that character, oh my oh, gosh, man. well, what a supposedly great he was character. Yeah, supposedly he was like drunk, like like when, but he wasn't acting like he. Yeah. But he, he was literally tore up. Man. Yeah, I gotta tell you right now, if you're listening to this and you haven't seen Jaws, oh my pause gosh, yeah. this freaking yeah, and go and go, go watch it. it yeah. I was gonna say go go rent the DVD, but yeah, go, yeah, go well, stream it. Yeah. Well, you remember also early on, like when they're when. Uh, what was what was uh, Richard Dreyfuss's character's name? I can't remember. Um, oh. Hooper. Hooper. Yeah. Yeah. Hooper. Hooper. Yep. And uh, he was a scientist. Yeah, he was supposed to be like a marine biologist, yeah. right? And uh, he goes down to that boat, and the head rolls out. Yes. That was spoiler again. Yeah, but you'll never know. You'll never see it coming. That's not really a spoiler because you'll, no. you'll you'll never from what you just said. You'll never you'll never see that coming. And again, yeah. again, when uh when we're talking we're talking about movies of the seventies. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah, if you haven't but, seen it, I would. But again, uh, the the uh, uh, probably the best like long scene in, in in a movie ever 
is when uh, is when Shaw is, and I forget I forget the character's name. Quint. Quint. When, yeah, uh, when they're when, playing cards. Well, and, and, he start, and he starts talking about what happened to him on, yeah. on the Indianapolis. When they do the scar thing, right? Yes. That's how it starts. Yes. That's how it starts. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and he uh, and he and uh, he talks about how, like you know, that, that whole thing where he, his friends were getting eaten by sharks, yeah, one by one, getting picked yeah, off. They were, yeah, they were bobbing around the water, yeah. and and he's like, you know, sharks' eyes are are yeah. black until they bite you and they roll yeah, up and they roll light. back. Yeah, I was like, oh yeah. my god. Yeah, and like he delivered. Yeah, I was going to say he delivered those lines, but he didn't really deliver lines. Like that's that's what you do when you're not acting well. Right. You, you, it was so real. Like you know, yeah. when, you, when you're watching, that was just like man. That was again suspension of disbelief, right? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. Was, but yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. He was a shark hunter. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah. ah, that yeah. great, that great flick. There, yeah. yeah, I'm glad we're talking about this one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so is it my number two or your number two? Uh, I don't know. You can go. You, you, uh, you go. Okay, I'll go. Number two. This one's a little bit different. You might have it somewhere on your list, uh-huh. uh, being that, that we are we both like sometimes not the most popular movies, but um, Papillon. Oh, Papillon's good. Yeah. Papillon. Oh, man. And again, I watched this one a little bit late. I didn't see it when it came out in the 70s. I had no way would I have understood this when I was a kid. Right. Um, but watching it um, nowadays, it's like, man, that movie was epic. Talk about mm-hmm. the struggle for survival and that whole... That whole struggle of, of optimism in a in a just literally life ending situation uh, is awesome. Just great, great, yeah. great film. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's one. I I think it's a great flick. Mm. Uh, I probably only seen it like twice. Yeah, you know. But uh, you should but, watch it now when you're a little bit older and yeah. you have a little bit more life experience. You watch it now, and you're like, damn, that's good. Man. Yeah. That well, good. it's got Dustin Hoffman and Steve McQueen's in it. Yeah, McQueen. Yeah, if I remember yeah. correctly, and. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, it just you know it's about Devil's Island, right? Uh, it's about, I'm not sure if it's Devil's Island. I can't remember that, but I remember, it's a, it's a prison. You know, basically yeah. he goes to prison on this island, and um, you know he's basically isolated, and right. he, he never gives up hope of of trying to uh, escape. And um, yeah, all these different plans to escape, and his whole the whole emotional roller coaster that he goes through um, in in his in his sort of long lasting dream of escape. But I mean, this lasted what. I forgot how many years exactly. Twenty some odd years, yeah. and, he, and he never gave up hope. Uh, Have you seen it recently? No, I haven't seen it recently. So the details are a little bit vague, and I didn't do like you. I didn't do a, you know, a crap ton of research. Yeah, so, I, yeah. I, I did I, thirty minutes. Okay. okay, okay. So I just looked up. I just looked. Uh, up I did five. <laughs> so. You're doing good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot right. of this I remember well, but that, that I don't remember too many of the details yeah. about that part. But. I understand. But no, I I know the movie. I now that you mentioned it, I want to go back and watch it. Yeah, it was, yeah, so. it was good. Yeah. But, uh, all right, my number two? Yep. Uh, Alien. Ah, okay. 1979. 79, So yeah. right under the wire. Sigourney. She's awesome. Yeah. And just FYI, everybody listening, uh, they're about ready to jack it up because there's a TV show, Alien TV show in development, Kill Me Now. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm sure they'll mess it up. I mean, can uh, we please leave independent properties alone? I just want to throw that out there. No, they won't. They won't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but again, Sigourney Weaver, this is this is the, the bit where it all began, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. And you had, like, Tom Skerritt. He played Dallas and... And uh, the chick, the, the the woman that was screaming, you know, mm-hmm. uh, that was Veronica Cartwright. Lots of great actors in the whole movie. Uh, the the screen the screenplay was was by a guy named Dan O'Bannon. And I and I actually know this because there's a special on uh, Shutter right now that talks about these folks. Okay. Uh, but uh, but he but Dan O'Bannon did like total did, did the screenplay for Total Recall. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. even though Total Recall was done by uh, uh, what's his name the, the writer who did a. Uh, 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 Blade Runner. God. I oh, um, I can't believe his name escapes me. He's one of my favorites. Yeah, shoot. Peter O'Toole just popped in my mind, but I no, know it's that's not Peter not O'Toole. It, yeah. uh, so, uh, but uh, anyway, uh, it'll come to me in a minute. Yeah. He did also did Blue Thunder, which is a great yeah, movie, yeah. Uh, if you like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And he also worked a lot with uh, with John Carpenter. Right. Uh, and directed by uh, Ridley Scott. Another amazing soundtrack. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a guy named Jerry Goldsmith. Anyway, uh, uh, with that said, uh, yeah, uh, just I, I, one reason, again, had a massive impact on me. Uh, but uh, but the uh, at the time, you know, this came out about a year, a year and a half after Star Wars. So we're kind of in this like friendly alien world, mm-hmm. the happy alien, world, happy yeah. alien world. Yeah. And all of a sudden somebody drops uh, alien. And again, if you haven't seen this movie, and it's funny because, you know, uh, Doug just talked about Jaws. There's mm. some similarities here between mm-hmm. Alien and Jaws. Oh, by the way, there was a, a an actor. His name was, and I'm sorry, I'm going to butcher his name. Uh, Balaji Bandejo was the uh-huh. actor who played the alien. There you uh-huh. go. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So very tall, skinny guy, I guess. And so, uh, uh, so yeah. But it's about it's about a uh, a, a ship in space that uh, lands on a planet. One of the individuals on the uh, on the crew goes down, gets impregnated by an alien. And chaos ensues, right? right? And uh, I'll tell you what we're going to have to do. We're going to have to we're going to have to uh, create a podcast to, to talk about that whole thing because Prometheus uh, I liked a lot, which they're linked, right? And so uh, we're going to have to dedicate a podcast to that. And right. I'll actually do some research. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. With I, that. I liked I liked Aliens, but I, I didn't have the impact on me. Um, that it did on you, I think. <clears throat> the one scene that had the impact was when the alien popped out of the guy's chest. You know that famous scene? Right. Um, but I didn't like the way the alien looked. When I first saw that movie, okay. I thought, like, I, I don't know. I didn't, it, it, it didn't scare me. It didn't, I don't know. It was too puppety, maybe, for me. Well, well, well when, it, when it originally came out of his stomach, mm-hmm. that I agree. No, no, I'm talking about the, the alien itself. Okay. Like that famous scene where he's, like, right. right next to Sigourney Weaver's face and, yeah. <laughs> and he's breathing and stuff. I just, I don't know. Somehow, to me, that it didn't click. Yeah, it just yeah. didn't click. Well, I, I mean, that was all, what is it, H.R. Giger, Geiger, mm. the, all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I will, just to, and again, we're talking about movies of the 70s. Mm. I'm probably a bigger fan of the sequel. You know, mm. the first sequel, the John mm. Carpenter, or the, uh, oh, man, the, the what's his name, uh, uh, James Cameron sequel. Cameron, sequel? yeah. Yeah, uh, only because, you know, you know, I, I really respect the sequel that takes something completely in a different direction, and that's what he did, you know? Right. Uh, but, uh, and by the way, Philip K. Dick was a total recall. So, okay. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, so anyway, with that said, uh, but with that, you know, I watched this movie, and there's certain things about it that uh, that I, I uh, and now, now this is probably less about how it impacted me when I was a kid, but when I watch it now, I like how the, the ship, the, the, the way they act, is almost like a family, you know. Mm-hmm. That, it's very family oriented, uh, you know. Uh, and uh, and you know, it seems like people in that uh, in that environment act like they really would in a situation mm-hmm. like that, you know. And and again, we can also speak to the fact, you know, you know, we live in this world now with it. Talk about like strong women. I mean, she's the original mm-hmm. on this. She's yeah. she's a she's a, you know not to. I'll talk like the kids. And what so about she's, Sulu? Was that? Oh, it was not Sulu. Uh, who was the, oh, the communications uh, show? Oh, I know. On Star... Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Ahura. Ahura. That's it. Ahura. Yeah. yeah. Well, Sigourney Weaver guy uh, has been... Yeah, you know, yeah, one, yeah. Yeah, big time. But uh, So anyway, just a, just a really, to me, a really solid movie. Yeah. So, uh, and that's uh, that's my number two. We, we've already done your number two, right? Yep. yep. Okay. And so let's do some honorable mentions. Okay. Honorable mentions. Um, all right. I'm going to throw this one out there because this, this this partners up exactly with your Omega Man. Uh-huh. So in that green. Oh, yeah. It's on my list. I know that's on your It's on my uh, honorable yeah, mentions. Yeah, 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 yeah. It has to be. That was great. Now, if you haven't seen this one, again, it's old school. Yeah. Uh, and they're basically the food shortage in the world. It's a dystopian thing. Mm-hmm. They're food shortage in the world and they're, and they're making crackers out of people. Right. Uh, and it was oh dude you yeah. totally spoiled it I know, whatever it's, it's, it's a 40 year old movie go watch 
it. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That was good. Uh, and then I've got um, They Call Me Nobody. Oh, yeah. That's another Sergio Leone movie. Uh, no, actually. No, no. They Call Me Nobody was directed by um, almost a nobody. I, and the only reason I know this is one piece of research that really? I did do. Yep. Is that My Name is Nobody? My name is nobody. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah. And um, gosh, dang it, I'm, I'm blanking on the guy who stars in it. Oh um, well, uh, he didn't get do much after. I mean, he, he was kind of like he a did nice a series. Set. He did a series of these. Um, yeah. T- uh, starts with a T. But Henry Fonda in it too. Trent. Uh, no. Anyways, whatever his name is. Um, I'll think of it. Just like you, I'll think I'm, of it. I'm second. looking at it. Right look it up. Okay. Good. Yeah. Uh, Terrence. Terrence Howard. No. No, that's definitely not Terrence Howard. Anyway. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I can't Google him. It's 1974. Yeah. Uh, Terrence Hill. Terrence Hill. That's it. Henry okay, Fonda. So, so yeah. here's some interesting things that I that I learned about this movie is that Terrence oh, Hill. Oh, you're right. Definitely not directed by Sergio Leone. Yeah. Um, Terrence Hill took this role for a very specific reason. And that was that he did not agree with the way Hollywood was making movies. And what he didn't agree with is probably some of the stuff that I wouldn't agree with now. And, and what he described is like they were they were making movies with a lot of violence because they were against violence. Right. And Makes he sense. and he didn't he didn't make that connection. He's like, it doesn't make any sense. If you're against violence, don't show violence. So he really liked the screenplay on this where they used comedy. And this is the first time I had seen a Western that wasn't like ridiculous comedy. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, that was actually. But. I mean, totally cheesy nowadays when you watch it with the sped up. Like he does, there's a lot of scenes that he does gun stuff. Still looks good though. And they just speed it up. Yeah, That's yeah, all they course. do. To speed it. But it, but it was fun. It was a really fun one. Um, so that was that. And uh, you probably have this on your honorable mention. I'm thinking the Warriors. Oh no, but I would. Yeah, Warriors. That's a great flick, man. Oh gosh, man, that I, that one almost gave me nightmares. And I, that's what I thought of New York. You know, and I, I thought that's what the city streets of New York was like uh, after watching the Warriors. Right. That was that. Um, Outlaw Josie Wales, definitely honorable mention. That's on my list. Um, another one that you probably have, if it's not your number one and it's on your honorable mention, is Clockwork Orange. Mm-hmm. Kubrick, man. I mean, gosh, that, that movie's confusing and disturbing, and it's almost hard to watch, but you can't take your eyes off of it, and it's it's crazy, crazy movie. Uh, Young Frankenstein, that's, mm-hmm. that's on my honorable mention. Um, Rocky. Yep. Um, is my last one on my honorable mention. And again, I, I thought you were smoking the band that was going to be your number one. Yeah, we're getting there. So, okay. uh, all right. Okay, so uh, here's mine. Mm-hmm. Okay, I think, honestly, I think any of these, and, and there's some overlap, but I also think, like, all your honorable mentions that are not on my list would be on, are on my list. Yeah, yeah. You, know, so you can double the be, list, yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so Jaws, and, and again, I... You know, it. All the, I think it definitely deserves a place on here. Yep. Maybe I just thought you were going to have it. So, yep. uh, Planet of the Apes, Soylent Green. Yep. Uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yeah, I debated that one a lot. Did you really? Yeah, that was really I, I, because I watched that a lot when I was a kid, numerous yeah. times, right. know, over and over again. It was great. Yeah. But it, but it goes back to I, I, if it was on right now, I'd watch it. Yeah. And I do think honestly, for what they did, they did well. Yeah. And, and I mean, Gene Wilder. It's, 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 it's based, Gene on, Wilder, yeah. based on Gene Wilder. Yeah. 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 Uh, White Lightning. Oh yeah, that was that was yeah, I, yeah. I flirted with that one too. I watched that not too long ago. Oh, yeah. What a great yeah, movie! I, yeah, yeah. I, I own it. Uh, yeah. And by the way, just so you know, uh, uh, White Lightning is kind of one of the precursors to uh, Smoking the Bandit. Yeah, uh, you know, it, there's there's even I think I you know the what guy was the other one in the in the series Gator Gator that was it yeah yeah and Gator um, um Gator gets a little bit kind of ho- it, uh, hokey. White Lightning is it was refined right because Gator yeah. was first. No 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 White Lightning was first. Really yes White Lightning was first. 
Gator was second because he, he was Gator McCluskey uh-huh. in, uh, in, in White Lightning. In, in White Lightning, yeah. and then they make Gator. And oh, then okay, they make I thought it was the other way around. Yeah, and and okay. and again, I watch Gator, and it's just kind of a little bit hokier than White Lightning is. Is uh, even though it's kind of got that Burt Reynolds is still kind of refining his charm, and mm. uh, and so it's pretty gritty, and it's a gritty yeah. story, you know. Uh, yeah, that yeah. scene, that scene where they get into the fight in that little shack and stuff. Oh, it's and brutal! It's, oh man, that is rough. It is brutal. Gosh, yeah, yeah. Man, you know, yeah. and he makes he starts he starts uh, basically trying to get those uh, cops to uh, yeah. like rape the woman, yeah. you know. So yeah. he can basically it, it's just dark. Yeah, yeah, it is dark. Well, yeah. and also one that's not on my list, and you didn't mention it, was Deliverance. Yeah, I, again, that yeah. I, I never, I never saw it in the seventies. I was, yeah. I think, I was probably too young, and my mom kept me away from it, or whatever. And watching yeah. it afterwards, um, it's yeah. I'm, I don't know, man. I think I know where you're going with that. Yeah, it's kind of tough. I, I will tell you the yeah. It's not, it's not a movie where I'm like. I mean, again, it's not a movie that I'm like, hey, let's have let's go watch like, Deliverance. Let's watch Deliverance. Some popcorn, <laughs> <laughs> Ned Beatty gets, gets, yeah, gets raped. Yeah. You're like, whoa. I mean, but I mean, it's a, it's a. Well, I'll even tell you, like, I, it, it, to a certain level, I don't watch like I Am Legend. I think it's a fine movie. I'll right. never watch it again. Right. But it's got stuff in it that disturbs me, yeah. you know, yeah. and not not in a good way. Yeah. And same, with, but Deliverance, same thing. Good yeah. movie. Yeah. Probably the only redeeming scene in that movie is the Burt Reynolds scene where you know the individuals are getting assaulted, and uh, and you see through the woods, and you see Burt Reynolds with that compound bow, yeah. and you're like, oh. This is this, here it comes. Here it yeah. comes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and so th- so that and that was a and, and and he and he did it. He did it like a killer, and mm-hmm. that was cool, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, but anyway, White Lightning, one of my favorites. Uh, yeah. Fa- Phantasm. Phantasm. Uh, I never never liked that one. Uh, I like all, all again strictly uh, impact that it had on me. Okay, uh, you know it. it well, another thing too about it is is one of the reasons I did like it. And the, again, these aren't movies on our list, but one of the reasons I did like it as a kid, it was one of the first times I've ever watched a horror movie where. Bad stuff starts happening to the people in the movie, and rather than just like screaming and hiding in their closet, they react to it in a way where I'm like, I would do that. Oh, okay. You know, you know okay. like mm-hmm. like like they get guns. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, they you know, there's a scene fight where back, yeah. they fight back. Yeah, yeah. and so you're kind of like, oh, I'm okay with that. Uh, Mad Max. Oh yeah, that was 70s, really. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think you're right. Late seventies. Yeah, yeah, late seventies. Yeah. Uh, I, I put it on there thinking it was. I yeah, mean, I, I, I missed that one because that would probably be on my honorable mention for sure. Yeah, Outlaw Josie Wales, uh, Dirty Harry, yeah. Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, A Bridge Too Far. Okay. Uh, Kelly's Heroes. So yeah, a lot of lot of lot of Clint Eastwood stuff popping up. Yeah, those war movies uh, from the seventies. I, I was never. I was yeah. like, eh, I was kind of okay with. Well, but, with well, most of Kelly's Heroes is barely a war movie. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 but. Uh, uh, a bridge too far, totally. But it was a movie that I saw with yeah. my dad. So. I own that. I mean, it's I like That's it enough. Movie, yeah. I own it. Yeah, but I, I didn't put Star Wars on there, even though I'm not a big fan of Star Wars anymore. Yeah. Uh, Monty you, Python. You know, it's funny that Star Wars thing, man. I, I never, I just didn't get into it, and I got nothing against it. I really don't. Right. But um, it came out, and it was, of course, all the rave, and people were talking about it, going to the movies, right. and I'm just like. I'm just not interested. I don't know why. I can't identify why. I don't right. think it's a bad film or a bad story or anything like that. I just like I never got into it. Right. And the whole franchise has been that way. I think I did go see the second and third one at some mm-hmm. point in the movie theaters because it was there, but I never went like, oh, this is great. I can't wait. I'm going to the first right. midnight show, you know, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. And so it was always, to me, it was always like, me. I think, like I said, uh, I, I, I think it was a, 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 a production of its time, you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. So, so I think, yeah, I mean, I, I, I did see it. I liked it. I was a mm-hmm. kid. I was easily influenced mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. things that went peer peer. You know mm-hmm. what I mean. So, yeah. you know, and I, I did think the second one, in retrospect, the Empire Strikes Back is probably one of the, but that was in I think nineteen eighty. Yeah. That's why it's not on the list. Is right. uh, you know, but uh, but I think it's the best of 
any Star Wars movie, okay. uh, and and for all the reasons people say it is, but yeah. but uh, but the the prequels are not great, and mm. the, the sequels are are horrible. Yeah. In my, in my <laughs> okay. opinion, so, I didn't uh, watch any of them. So yeah, well, I did. I've watched all three of them, and yeah. and you know, but we don't need it. We that's a whole other yeah, that's a whole other thing, yeah. thing to peel. Okay, uh, my Python. Yep. I, one that's kind of a a little bit of a I don't know if you've even heard of it. The Duelist. It's a, another Ridley Scott movie. I have heard of it, but I don't think I've watched it. Oh, good. okay. All right. Maybe we maybe we need to watch it. Okay. Uh, oh, and and uh, again, I have some thoughts on that. But with that said, uh, just an idea. It's about these two guys that duel. Mm-hmm. Okay, hence the name. They're both officers in the French military during the Napoleonic times, mm. and there is a rule. There was a rule. They could never. They they, they never managed to kill each other. But there was a rule that any time the 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 French were at war. Officers couldn't duel, mm-hmm. so w- the way it kind of played out, and there, there was always this kind of off again, on again wartime, mm-hmm. and so you know they would duel, almost kill each other. War would start out, there'd be this long delay, right, and then the war would there would so be like, a, a time of peace. So they kept a long term grudge. Yes, oh lord, okay. and so uh, okay. and again, Ridley Scott, low kind of low budget. You know, a period but piece. I, you know, it's funny because it's, you know, we talk about all these and a lot of the stuff that we have in common in terms of like liking this style or this type of movie. Right. It's Ridley Scott keeps coming up because I, I just like his style. Yeah. I, I like his style of, of directing yeah. and, and his vision for these things, you know. Oh, yeah. Well, the, the Darkness and Prometheus is one that we'll talk about at some sure. point. You know, I, that's one of my favorite Ridley Scotts. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and also, uh, and again, you talked about. You brought, you brought Clockwork Orange, kind of similar. Uh, yeah, Kubrick. Come Kubrick, on, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. It's like, but yeah. and, and Barry Lyndon isn't on here, but uh, mm. but I, I did like. But it's a hard mm. watch. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. Oh, oh two more, three more. Two, two uh, more. Okay. okay. I Ro- thought I had a lot. I know I just went crazy. Huh. Uh, Rocky had put on their Animal House and uh, Breaking Away. Okay. Yeah. Animal okay. House was. I was. Just, I put Animal House in the same category. I put Star Wars and the Beatles. I just don't care about it. I never have. It's I, just. It's just. A peri- uh, again, it's not. It's, a, it, yeah. I, it's kind of an honorable mention. Yeah. I think Caddyshack came out uh if it was 70s it was 79 yeah it, it, it would be on here but yeah, yeah 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 so. by the way i made a funny that's a very funny movie. yeah it's a great movie yeah, yeah so okay number one your turn go you, you were right smoky and the bear smoky and the bee i was right yes yeah. so well i don't know I, I, I don't know how hard that was with me i'm very uh, yeah no I'm you're very, pretty transparent very, uh, yeah, like, that movie. Like, i just love that movie <laughs> yeah, and again I, and, and okay so right now everybody i i can feel the eyes rolling yes on the other end of this but yeah. but i can i can justify this for one okay, i will tell let's you hear it okay uh, it came out in the same the, the same time as, as as Star Wars. All you gotta say is Sally Field's little smile. Oh, dude, that's it. That was a good. Well, and, and this movie this movie clearly has faults. Okay, yes. uh, but uh, and, and that's okay. That's okay. Yeah. Uh, but uh, it came out the same year as Star Wars. It was number two. Mm-hmm. Okay, Star Wars is number one. Mm-hmm. This is number two. Okay, Burt Reynolds, Sally Field, Jerry Reed, of course, the. Always perfect. Oh, Jackie Gleason, Jack Gleason was insanely yeah. Stealing awesome. Stealing yeah. every scene. Yeah. It, his son was played by a guy named Mike Henry. He played Junior. Huh. Uh, uh, and uh, I, I give Internet Movie Database. The guy has very little, very few credits. Right. But he played off of J- J- uh, Jackie Gleason. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul Williams and, and Pat McCormick is big and little anus, right? right. It was directed by Hal Needham. Hal Needham was actually like roommates with Burt Reynolds in Florida. Okay. And and again, the beauty of this movie is the fact that they're just. It was it was almost like. You know the a grassroots organic movie making. Mm-hmm. You know pre before there was a YouTube, and these guys just made this movie. Yeah, they got together, and it wasn't like a hey, let's go to the big Hollywood guys and get tons of money. No, and, yeah, and, and it's it's clearly and, I, and also because I'm just FYI, we're filming this on Fourth of July weekend. I think it took place during the Fourth of July because oh. when they pulled into they pulled into Texarkana to get the beer. Uh, 
it has like a God bless America on her birthday okay. banner or something. With that said, and again, I, I allow me to just go off here for a few Do minutes. It. Uh, Do it. In the first, in the, the first, like, I want to say two minutes of the movie. Okay. Uh, there's a, there's a scene where there's a, tr- a truck parked and cops pull up and they're like, uh, you know, Hey, is this your rig? You know, boy. And mm-hmm. he's like, yes. And they, they go to the, and they go open it up. And he opens up the back, and there's a wall of Coors beer, and uh, and the guy goes, "You dumb gear jammer! You uh, <laughs> you you know hauling Coors beer, you know east of Texas is against the law." Two minutes, huh? we know what the movie's about, yeah, right? He, yeah. he makes some sort of statement like, "Oh, there's these two big Texans that mm-hmm. that that paid me a lot of money to do this," and you you know, in other words, the setup was that small, okay? Mm-hmm. And then, like in the next five minutes, like. You know, big and big and little Enos show up at the the truck rally, which by the way, they're drag racing rigs yeah. and like the parking lot of a fairground, which yes. is amazing. Yeah, yeah. And they and they hire him. Hang you know, on, wait a minute for for the audience. I can see Tony's redneck is showing. I can oh see my god, you kidding? You kidding? <laughs> well, again, I grew up in Atlanta too. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. know, so so you know they they hire him. So in the first like seven minutes of the movie, we're moving. You yeah. know what I mean? We're yeah. moving. You know, and so so uh, so the movie is is. Uh, you know, it's just really clean in the way it just kind of moves the story forward. It is clearly, again, it's almost going back in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I get it. It's, it is tons of bullshit. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. for example, they, they, they have 28 hours to go to, to Texarkana, Texas and come back with beer. Mm-hmm. There's nobody, we don't know when the clock starts. Right. You know, we don't know when the clock ends. We don't mm-hmm. know any of that stuff. Uh, you know, it's all, it's just fantasy. Yes. Don't, don't tell me there's not a, a galaxy that existed long ago and yes, far away. Yes, I get yes, it. Yes. Don't tell me that. That no lightsaber. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't tell me that, you know, Trans Ams, oh, they're really not, they really weren't all that fast. Yeah. I get it. Okay. Yes. I get it. Okay. Suspension of, of disbelief. disbelief. Yeah, yeah. This, this movie is all about that. But, yeah. but like I said, uh, you know, and that's the whole plot. They're, they're yeah. Him and Jerry Reed, the truck. And by the way, Jerry Reed, uh, another guy named Bill Justice, uh, not like Beaver T. Justice spelled different, uh, yeah. did the soundtrack. Okay. Amazing. Yeah, Jerry Reed's great in that movie oh, and in the soundtrack. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Uh, East, Eastbound and Down. Is, yeah. Is, and I still I listen. Did, to I did. Him. By the way, just FYI, I looked up. Uh, I looked up the soundtrack on Spotify today. Huh? There is a song on there, and you're gonna love this. Uh-huh. Called Hot Pants Fuzz Parade. Oh wow. You're welcome. So, I'm gonna just let that slide <laughs> and moving on. Hot Pants Fuzz Parade. Thank wow. you. Thank you, uh, Bill Justice. Okay. So so. Uh, and getting kind of getting back around, so that's the whole plot point. Right. A lot, a lot of, uh, a lot of, uh, you know, no C, clearly no CGI. Right, right. Real stunts, real right. fast cars. Right. Lot, it, it, you know, and, and uh, uh, so with all that said, and getting back to to what we're saying, uh, what really put the movie over the top is is Jackie Gleason. Jackie yes. Gleason, uh, he he uh, he plays the the antagonist. Buford T. Justice. Yeah, Buford T. Justice. Again, a movie that would never get made today because no, he just doesn't close. Yeah, but he, he has this banter between him and his son mm-hmm. that's in the car with him, and uh, and from what I understand, you know, they gave him a script and he's like, I'm not gonna. Yeah. He just he just ad libbed everything. Yes. So another thing that's insane. Yeah. There, and and I mean this. This is but, not this is not hyperbole. Every thing he says is funny it's gold yeah it is it's gold yeah yeah uh, but it's but that's the beauty of jackie gleason right so yeah. and it's funny because you, you know people go off and talk about these actors and all this stuff right but you take a guy like that and he he can read the script and read the 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 the, the 
what's required, right, right to be funny. Because he's been doing comedy at this point. He's right. been doing comedy for 40 years. If not longer. Moon, moon, uh, Moonliners, uh, I was uh, going to uh, say. Honeymooners. <laughs> Honeymooners, yeah. yeah. Uh, all the way back, right? And so he can read all of that and then just get into character and become that Buford T. Justice character. Yeah. Oh no! He's that is it. Yeah. Oh, did, did so you he, not? Did you not believe he was yeah, a? Totally. Did I believe he was a redneck, Some racist, bitches, yeah. racist, <laughs> freaking yeah. Texas sheriff? Yeah, it was perfect, man. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, and again, like uh, again, I I I don't want to I don't want to spoil it, but you already have. But well, you know what I mean. It's like I could quote that movie. Oh yeah, absolutely. but uh, but uh, but he uh, everything he says is just amazing, yeah. and no, and the true. fact that it's like like the banter with his son, yeah. and be, be understand if you if you haven't seen it, and you decide you're going to watch it. You know, you have to sometimes listen to what he has to say or what he says and realize, you know, like... Uh, he's improv it. He's improv it. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, so anyway. So, okay, I will say this. Let me say this. If you haven't seen this film and go see it, you have to drop a note in our podcast and thank Tony or or swear Tony. or swear at him, whatever. Sure. But, uh, and and again, I realize everything is subjective. I, yes, I know like right now if I were to go uh, to one of my colleagues where i work and say hey come over we're i haven't thought about this yeah like let's go watch smoking the band, smoking the band it's, party it's a waste of time yeah absolutely they're, they're not going to get it unless you get the hood of a trans am and nail it up to your wall <laughs> <laughs> hey and at the time i, and I grew you up probably would have yeah yeah i grew up to be a pontiac guy yeah, i like pontiacs yeah. so anyway so what's your number one okay um so my number one i think well you mentioned it in your in your opening but uh it wasn't on anybody's list um, apocalypse now oh good flick and and I'll, here's why this okay. is this is this speaks to my analytical side so i i think all of the stuff about that movie that makes it famous mm-hmm. where most people know i think are the parts about the movie that i don't like like wagner with the helicopters flying in and all of that mm-hmm. i did not like that part of the movie i thought that the character um was uh, what's his name um go with the cowboy hat dang it oh uh, uh robert duvall robert duvall yep. yeah um, I thought that character in the movie was cartoonish, mm-hmm. and I know they probably did it on purpose. You know, Coppola probably did it on purpose. But um, what I liked about the movie was was you talk about a movie about the hero's journey, man. Mm. But it doesn't follow that stereotypical arc. It's all internal. It's all this. He's he, so. For anybody who hasn't seen this movie, uh, I don't even know how to explain this movie. It's mm-hmm. it's basically it's based in Vietnam, and it's about a. Special Forces guy who's gone off the the reservation. He's he started his own little tribe in the middle of the jungle somewhere, right. and then so the government decides to send another Special Forces guy in to try to assassinate him, right? Because he's yeah. I don't even say it's it's about the Vietnam War the way like the good, the bad, the ugly is about the Civil War. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, there's, it's there's, really it's just where yeah. it took place. Really, yeah, exactly. It's, yeah, yeah. So um, anyway, so this yeah this this character that's in the air calf, you know, the air air calf was basically new at that time, and you know. They're, they're taking advantage of their position and all that. But the simple fact that he wipes out an entire Vietnam village just so he can surf, mm-hmm. uh, I just thought it was cartoonish. You know, it was, it was like, eh, I didn't yeah. like that part. The part that I did like was the struggle that Charlie Sheen went through because um, he gets assigned to go um, take this guy out, and he's way up in, in the river uh, in Cambodia, and they're not supposed to go to Cambodia, right? That was our agreement. Um, so... He gets he gets on this little PT type boat, mm-hmm. and they're going up up the river, which is very dangerous. And there's what there's one, two, three, four guys on the boat, two young, real young kids, and then there's the guy who runs the boat, and then there's another guy called Chef, who's I don't know, I guess he's the engine man or something like that. Lawrence Fishburne? Uh, no, no, no the the guy with the big mustache from oh, Louisiana. Yes, okay, yeah. That guy's name was Chef. Yeah. So anyway, 
this the whole time the story's kind of narrated you know charlie sheen's telling you as an audience about this this guy that he's going to kill you know and he's reading through the dossier and all of his records and he sees all of this stuff in himself he sees all of this like he didn't have this exact same career but he sees the proud american and all of that and it was this was pretty much an anti-war movie almost an anti-american movie to be yeah, honest with and it you. wasn't that long after vietnam no not at all yeah so the stage was just set but anyway um long story short he goes through this massive journey he feels um i would say he suppresses his guilt when when some of the guys on the boat start getting killed he knows that they're just collateral damage for his mission and he feels guilty about that but he feels no guilt whatsoever about the other people that he has to kill along the way. Um, there's a there's a particular there's two scenes in this movie that that just I will there's my, all my favorite movie scenes. One is the 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 chief that's in charge of the boat decides like hey there's a little there's a little um, Vietnamese boat that we normally stop. He's, his normal duty is to make sure that people aren't smuggling Viet Cong or or weapons or ammunition. So he decides he's going to stop this boat. And so he stops the boat. He makes a couple of the kids get on the boat um, with their guns and search the boat. And as they start to search, one of the ladies starts to 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 cover up something, you know, like she's she's protecting something. Um, so then the tension just immediately skyrockets, and they start yelling back and forth and so on. And then the lady goes to cover up again, and then the, the young kid with no experience on the boat just opens up with the machine gun and just kills everybody on the boat. And uh, this this woman... She's laying there crying, bleeding, you know, shot all up and stuff. And then Chef, who's actually on the boat searching, he's pissed off. He can't believe that we, we killed all of these people. We're just searching. And he looks at and he finds that she was protecting a puppy. Oh, man. There was a little puppy. And he is just furious. Hey, we're, you know, killing all these people just because she was protecting a puppy, man. You know, all this kind of stuff. So anyway, the, the, the young kid decides, give me the puppy. He's adopting that puppy in you know, some, some weird way. That's, right. his, you know, the way he's to, making up for his Yeah, mistake. trying to make it right. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. And then so <clears throat> the chief decides they can't leave because this woman's not dead. She's, she's agony, you know. She's, and Charlie Sheen walks over with no emotion and kills her. So it's okay, let's get on with the mission. So he feels no guilt about things like that. Mm-hmm. But he, when anybody on his crew gets killed, he feels responsible, you know. So that weird... I don't know. It's multi-layered storytelling of of this emotional journey that this guy's taking, and then um, in the end, he ends up, you know, coming to this guy, and it's it's very difficult to explain it all in terms of the the weirdness of what happens when he gets to to Kurtz's camp. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, he ends up fulfilling his mission. But when he comes out of the cave after killing Kurtz, he's covered in blood. Um, he's breathing really hard and all of that sort of stuff. And he realizes that he has become the warrior that Kurtz was, was telling him that you have to become. If you're going to be a warrior, you have to be ruthless. You have to be literally emotionless, ruthless person. And he realizes that he's always been that. Because in the opening scenes of the movie, he's in the hotel. Mm-hmm. And his narrative is that he's, he's back in Vietnam. He went home and he couldn't hack it. He didn't like it. He didn't know what to do. So he requested to come back and go in the jungle, and that's how he ended up getting this mission. So he's kind of a full circle sort of story. But my favorite scene in the whole movie, last thing I'll say, um, he goes out um, there. They steal this dude's surfboard, you know, when he goes out to surf. Whenever they steal the surfboard, and they're, they're hiding the boat because the helicopter is flying over. Give us back our surfboard, you know. And they're hiding the boat. And then so Chef decides, like, hey, man, I want to go in the jungle and pick some mangoes. You know, Chief, can I go get some mangoes? He's like, yeah, okay, take somebody with you. So Charlie Sheen goes with him. 
And so this is after kind of a comical movement in the in the film. And he's they're walking through the jungle, quiet, of course. It's still Vietnam. They're, they're carrying M-16s. So. And Chef starts telling him about why he's a chef. He's a saucier, and he's explaining what all that means. And it's this, it's this little vulnerability moment, mm-hmm. you know. And all of a sudden, click, you know, something. They, they hear a twig snap or something. I'm like, oh, man, what's going on? And so they're, you know, the camera work on this is great. Uh, and they start moving around. Coppola. Yeah, Coppola. Well, I got more than Coppola. I'll tell you that in a second. But um, the camera moves around, and you see this figure coming at them from the jungle real slow. And all of a sudden, it starts picking up speed, and it's a tiger. Mm. And so Charlie Sheen takes the tiger out. I'm going to show you that graphically in any way. It's just, it just gunshots, and it's all implied. But Chef's running back. To the he drops his bucket. Never found his mangoes. He drops his bucket. He's hauling ass back to the boat, man. When he gets into the boat, it's kind of like what you were saying about Buford T. Justice. I don't. It's really difficult for me to see that this guy was acting. I don't know. Maybe they were dropping acid. I don't know what they were doing. But when he gets back into the boat, he is freaked out, hysterical. And I don't know how somebody could act like this. If you ever, right. when you get to that scene in the movie, you watch it, you're like, holy shit, dude, that guy's like legit freaked out. Yeah. Um, but he's ripping his shirt off and screaming. You can barely understand what the hell he's saying. Yeah. Uh, but it was that was one of my favorite scenes. Well, you know, you mentioned that as far as like, you know, just good acting, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I, I have to go back and revisit the movie. It's been a long, I mean, yeah, I, it, it. yeah it's been a long time since I've seen it. I've seen it, but it's, you know. Yeah, you got to get in the right frame of mind, though, because oh, it is, you got, it's one of those movies you got to focus. You got to pay attention because right. you miss a couple of the details and all of a sudden the story doesn't make sense. You right. know, it's, it's, it's a couple, well, a couple things missed is not good. And you always felt, and what you're talking about, like, like, you know, where it doesn't seem like they're acting, but they're just kind of living and the camera's there, mm-hmm. you know. And, uh, <laughs> But uh, going back to the movie Aliens or Alien, uh, yeah. like the uh, the scene where the chest the, the chest burster comes mm-hmm. out and you know the the, the crew freaks out mm-hmm. and there's always been that rumor that you know that uh, Ridley Scott didn't tell the crew what was gonna the, the people in the, oh the, he didn't tell them yeah yeah that 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 was the rumor but again I just watched uh, watched a movie about the making of and they're like no 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 you know uh, you know I mean. We didn't know exactly what was going to happen, mm-hmm. but we kind of knew what was going to happen, you know. Of course, we read the script. Right? Sure, and, and, and again, yeah. but in, you know, I mean, it was pretty bloody as if, you, if you've seen the movie, but right. but uh, but again, it when somebody says, "Oh yeah, they, they didn't know," uh, you can actually watch that scene and go, "Yeah, it looks like they didn't know." Looks like they didn't. Know. Yeah. yeah, it's a good acting. So, yeah. and one last last thing, and less on my favorite. I just want to uh, one 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 thing I forgot to mention about Smoking the Bandit. One scene you mentioned, know, the scene, and then we'll uh, full circle. And this is real quick. Uh, there's a scene in there where uh, Burt Reynolds, I'm pretty sure Burt Reynolds is driving the Trans Am, and he launches it between, and it's in the very beginning of the movie, between like a brick building and a tree, and it's literally like he's got like inches on either side, mm-hmm. drives it perfectly between these two uh, buildings, a uh, building and tree, and then he rolls the, the Trans Am up, and he uh, breaks the fourth wall. He looks at the camera and smiles. Mm-hmm. And even to this day, I'm yeah. st- I watch that, and I'm just like, God, that guy. Well, that's when he kind of perfected that charm thing, he right? He did. He did, yeah. man. Because, I mean, gosh, the, the girls were swooning over him. Oh, and there's so many movies afterwards that you're just kind of like, oh, my gosh, this yeah. is terrible. Yeah. I mean, little, it, it, it little, Yeah, yeah, but he gets that little little smirk on his face. Yeah, you know? yeah, he's, yeah, that, yeah. He was charming, man. Yeah, that movie nailed it. And yeah. he was a little bit self-effacing, too, and yeah. that made it nice. Yeah. You know, yeah. but... Uh, but uh, but he nailed it. Yeah. Anyway, so so the last thing I want to say about uh, last thing I want to say about um, I was going to call it Heart of Darkness. It's based on the book. Yes. Heart of Darkness. Yeah, and um, the, I, think the, I think the there's a documentary called Heart of Darkness. Oh man, about I tell you, it. It, 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 yeah. If you watch a documentary, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I mean that that the, the making of that film was ridiculous. They yeah. had hurricanes. Whole sets were destroyed. Sure. I think I think like either both like uh, freaking. Uh, 
what's his name? The guy that starred in it. Uh, oh, Charlie Sheen. Not, yeah, it was Charlie? Not Charlie Sheen. His father. Uh, uh, Martin, Mar- Sheen. Martin Sheen. Martin Sheen. Yeah, Martin Sheen. Yeah. Sheen. I think both like Martin Sheen and uh, a lot of Francis Ford Coppola. Like both of them had had like heart attacks and stuff. Like yeah. they're the filming. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah like it was and it then, was a cluster. And then um, what's his name? Oh, God dang it! I should have this shit down for now. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, 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 Shit, the the bald guy at the end. Uh, oh, Kurtz, um, uh, Kurtz, uh, uh, Brando, Marlon Mar- Brando. Mar- yeah, well, God, he was yeah. a yeah, Marlon Brando. He shows up like he's supposed to be like a super buff, you know. Yeah, he weighs uh, like three hundred pounds. Yeah, he was fat and overweight and all that sort of stuff. Didn't right. even read the script. He didn't remember his lines. All that shit. Right. But the so this is what I wanted to say. The filmmakers took advantage of that. That's why he's in the shadows, and he, you barely see him. Right. You barely see him, but that adds so much to sure. that character that really they played that perfectly it's, it's like the shark in jaws yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> they don't, exactly they don't really show the shark yep, in jaws because yep. that shit didn't work yep they show a, they show a fin and they show his, his head that was it but, but the last thing i want to say though and, and this is uh this is one of the things that i like so much about this movie is is the editor was was uh, walter murch mm-hmm. and he's the best editor that hollywood's ever seen and you can probably google that and and everybody would tell you the same thing but this guy, the way he worked was awesome, but he basically would get piles of film and mm-hmm. he had to go through it and, and try to build a story out of this. And, and again, we talked a little bit about the, the problems that this film had to, to, to take what he got in raw footage and turn it into this mm-hmm. was stupendous. I mean, to me, every time I watch it, I think like, how in the hell can you visually tell this story like this? Even without the dialogue, you know what's going on. Right. You know, well, that's it's just brilliance, man. Because I edit, and it's hard. It's right. it's hard well, to that not movie, be clunky. You know, and, and that movie did age like wine. It really did mm, uh, mm. because I think initially it was you know critics were kind of mixed on it, and mm. people had really come around to be. To, well, if you watch make, the if you watch the redo version, yeah. the Redux version, whatever, it's got a whole scene in it where they that wasn't in the uh, the theatrical release and right. this. And it's there's a lot of statements in that movie that I'm not a big fan of, right? Mm-hmm. So I didn't like any of the psychedelic stuff, and that's where that's where we talk about, um, you know, for the time it was probably relevant, but as I look back now, it didn't age well for me. Those particular things, like mm-hmm. um, Lance is one of the guys on the boat, and he drops acid all the time, and he's freaked out, and he's all hippie-ish, you know what I mean? And that stuff was legit, and sure. there was a lot of guys did that in Vietnam, but it, to me, it doesn't add anything to the movie really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just a, sort of like a background character, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't like the whole Playboy scene where the Playboy bunnies were there in the USO and all that. It, it just spoke to how spoiled we are as Americans and we're trying to fight a war, mm-hmm. you know. And I, and I think it wasn't the opening line, but it was one of the one of the early lines in the movie where Martin Sheen says, "You know, every day that I sit in this hotel, um, I get weaker, and every day the Vietnamese sit out there and uh, in the jungle they get stronger." And and that was basically the theme of the movie. But um, yeah, I mean, merch putting that stuff together was great. But in in the redo version, the redux version, um, there's a whole scene where they come across some French guys, and uh, they have this big conversation at dinner. They invite them. It's almost like a plantation. It's, it's like a throwback to the mm-hmm. 20s or even the teens. This plantation and the French guy, his whole family is there, and they're and the French really kind of started the Vietnam War. They invaded and then they screwed it all up, and we had to come basically and whatever. Anyway, uh, that's that's essentially what happened. I mean, that's obviously oversimplifying. It's, it's, it's it, a little bit, yes, a little bit more nuanced, but yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> 
uh, but anyway, yeah. So this whole scene with the French was in there, and I didn't. I just didn't. I didn't think it added. I mean, clearly, uh, the people who did the Redux thought it added, but yeah. it added to the story a little bit, I so guess. But to me, it was like that you was like you didn't the, like the helicopter scene, you didn't like the acid scene, you didn't uh, like the Playboy Bunny scene. This is your favorite movie. It is okay because of the storytelling. Gossip. The storytelling. I love yep. it. No, it's good. So, anyway. All right, so all right, we went uh, way over. Yeah, we, how, well, oh yeah, well, I whatever. I, yeah, I, I, whatever. It doesn't really matter. Edit, so, Tony. Edit. I'm not gonna edit. Well, I live out some of the stuff, but not the not the talking parts. Uh, all right, that's all we have for right now. Yeah. What's uh, uh, what's our next episode? Where are you gonna go to next? I like to do next. We're gonna do video games. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. So uh, we're, we're gonna talk about video games that we grew up with that we just could not put down, and probably even go into a little bit into our adult. Yes, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, and so. All right. Well, that's all we have. The, uh, this I'm going to get this up as soon as possible, and uh, we'll be and hopefully we'll get on a, a, a once a week, a little better schedule. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. All right, everyone. I hope you're having a great Fourth of July. Yeah. Or you had a great Fourth of July. See you next time. All right. Later.